I bet anyone who expected Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and United to lose those last two games is kicking themselves now. Uh, yeah, me included. Anyway, good evening. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. It's Ewan and Rich. Oh, no, Ewan and Rich? God, that's, sorry, Paul. I do beg your pardon. It's Ewan and Paul this week to have a, a wonderful quick chat about that rather exciting Manchester derby. Paul, how are we? Absolutely amazing. I'm still... Over 24 hours on, still absolutely buzzing about yesterday's game. Yeah, yeah. What sort of... uh, A 10, how much are you buzzing? Honestly, I would say 10. Like, obviously not comparing it to, like, winning the Champions League in 99, I suppose that's a 10. So, maybe not 10, but it's been... It feels like such a massive... It was such a massive performance, such a massive result for so many reasons that, yeah, you just... I mean, I spent most of the evening just sort of looking at pictures of... Of United players celebrating and and watching videos of um, of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer waving at Fergie and that sort of thing. It was just just a fantastic day to be a United fan. Mm, no, no, don't get me wrong. Very much enjoyable and very much agree. I think. Uh, I mean, I've gone back through the edit and the episode, the half episode anyway, that uh, you and Rich did. Uh, gosh, a week ago now. Yeah. <laughs> in the ago. aftermath of the game uh, at Old Trafford against Aston Villa. The tone of that half of the episode was very much one of, this is frustration, we appreciate what Ollie is doing, but things could take a very, very quick turn south if we don't get results over these next two games. Realistically, did you expect United to get anything out of the Spurs and City games? Honestly? Honestly, I genuinely did. I really thought we could, because because of our record against the better teams and, and we just seem to raise our game against the better teams and I think um, coming up against more open teams suits us so I genuinely did I thought I thought we would win I thought we would beat, beat Spurs I can't remember what I predicted on last week's pod but um, I genuinely thought we had a good chance of beating Spurs if McTominay was fit and he was obviously and mm-hmm. then once we got that result and Obviously, particularly given the first half performance against Spurs, that gave me just a hell of a lot of belief for the City game. And also, City haven't been... I know they beat Burnley, and it was a good performance a few days before we played them, but they've been very hit and miss themselves this season. So, I really... You know, I went into yesterday's game feeling quietly confident. What Mm. I didn't expect was for us to blow them away in the first half in the way we did, and and that was was just exhilarating to watch. It really was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned that Burnley game. I think the interesting thing to point out was that it was barely three, four days prior when they were getting frustrated by Newcastle at St. James's. So you're right completely that the in- inconsistency has very much been the uh, the watchword of their season so far. And the fact that they sit now, what is it, 14 points behind Liverpool? I mean, unless Leicester do an absolute madness, then you know the title's over. But that's that's not really any of my concern. I'll be completely honest. You know, like I, I accepted like a year ago when it became clear that Liverpool were now very, very good. It was always going to be a matter of time. The scouts yeah. deserve it. Let's be honest. You know, I don't have to like it, but there we go. I think, yeah, I think it's it's, it's obviously going to be horrendous. But I, I sort of feel similar. I mean, I, I I just don't care about Liverpool at the moment because because I'm. I'm quite intrigued as to, as to what's happening at United, really. I have been all season. I mean, United's so completely over-empowering and all-encompassing at the minute that you yeah. don't really have energy or time to focus on any other club. And you just have to make your peace with it. If it happens, it happens. It looks like it's going to. There's nothing we we can really do about that. We can take points off Liverpool, hopefully, Anfield. But right now, that you know, we're so far behind them that it's really none of our concern. You know, it's it's just it is what it is. Let's just focus on United and, and what's happening at our own club. I think. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to focus on United, you mentioned there the first half hour in particular of that game last night. Wow. I mean, as scintillating and enjoyable and maybe not ruthless, but as wondrous to watch United as I can remember over the last several years. You know, it was excellent stuff. I think the interesting thing was as well, even when City actually got forward, you could see that there was some menace about them. You know, Rich was getting concerned that basically they were overloading uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right back and you could definitely see that they were pressing hard trying to create chances. And the interesting thing was, especially in that first half hour, I mean, it took until the second goal for them to really start putting some proper real pressure on to the point where you could start to see that the we were starting to creak to a certain extent. But by that point, you know, we'd gotten ourselves two goals up and we were more than good value for that lead, really, weren't we? You know, the, I guess we start off with just the sheer pace and the focus with which we started that game with, with which was just remarkable, wasn't it? It was incredible, and it was it was really. I mean, it was it, it was similar to, to against Spurs in the, those first forty minutes against Spurs, but probably better. I, I genuinely think it was it for me. It must be the best performance that half first half hour must be probably one of the, if not the best performance since Fergie retired that I can remember. Certainly to watch. I mean, it was just scintillating, like you say. It was absolutely fantastic, and we didn't really look that threatened at the back. And City have got some fantastic players. I mean, they really are a very very good team, and yet. We looked more like every, every time we went forward, we looked like we, we could score, and the mm. and the pace and the power and the authority. It was and then this this on their patch, it was just fantastic to watch. Yeah, I mean the big difference in particular from the first half to the second half. You know, obviously get on the second half because we got some nice goals to talk about beforehand. But in particular, there was so much space for United to exploit in that first half. And it's remarkable to me that someone with as much tactical nous and experience as Guardiola didn't think that might be a problem, considering that is essentially the way that United choose to play. You know, it's Lingard, James, Martial and Rashford all up front. What have those four players got between them? Bags and bags of pace. And we absolutely written to bits. And it didn't really... It, it took until the start of the second half where Guardiola deliberately made sure that they pressed so far at the pitch that they basically stopped us from being able to pass out from the back and cut that avenue off. But for that first half, it was... They were completely all at sea. They didn't have a single answer to what we were doing to them. No. It was fantastic to watch. James with a couple of half-decent chances. Maybe a few cuter passes here and there and better shooting you know James has been he's had several options in the last in the last week in particular two shots against Spurs from outside the area where you can see he's just trying to curl it past the inside post not quite managed it but you know uh, the goal seemed to be coming and then when it did come via that penalty I mean you know Micah Richards was uh, particularly annoyed about that on uh, Sky Sports but surely there can't be any complaint despite the fact that Anthony Taylor completely missed it in real time yeah absolutely I mean I thought it was it was it was completely obvious it was a penalty and this is what VAR is for you know and completely the right decision and obviously he took it he took it brilliantly he's, he's very calm and I think now if we're talking about Rashford this really does feel like a coming of age season for him I mean he's, his record's fantastic anyway up to this point for someone so young and we've always I think seen huge potential in him but this season he just seems to have gone from sort of boy to man it's absolutely fantastic to watch mm-hmm. and he's playing with real authority maturity leadership and obviously, he hit the, hit the bar against Spurs. I think he hit the bar again uh, yesterday. It just looks like every time he shapes the shoot, you're thinking, this is going to go in. It's, it's absolutely unreal. And the thing is, as well, in particular, with that first half, you can say it could even have been better, considering, despite the scintillating form that he's in at the minute, he could have had a hat-trick in that first half. It was remarkable. You know, there was that particular chance just when, uh, I think it was... 
Freddie played him in just about onside and he took it first time and curled it uh, outside the post. And yeah. That would have been a wonderful goal to have gotten. And yeah, you're right. Hit the bar again as well. You know, it, chances are coming to him at the moment. And that's the good thing to see in particular is not only that he's taking the chances, but the team is actually creating so much that he's getting so much service and he's getting opportunities to show exactly what you can do when United pour forward like that. But, you know, it wasn't actually too deeply involved for number two goal. Now, that was uh, that was a surprising one. That was uh, a crazy goal, wasn't times. it? Yeah, I mean, the amount of time that James and Martial just had to weave their way through the defence. And I think, do you reckon that shot has just completely caught Edison off guard because it was struck so well? It wasn't struck too hard. It wasn't a complete laser. But the accuracy just inside the near post there it was so impressive. Great fantastic, finish. yeah, fantastic accuracy. Accuracy, maybe a couple of bodies were blocking his views. I don't know, and and I think probably he just wasn't expecting it from that position because the more obvious thing to do is sort of lay it off to someone in a better position. But it was kind of like a snapshot, and but this is what Marcel can do, and we know that you know he's he's, he's got this in his locker, and I, I think the, this front four. And bear in mind, wouldn't you, this is a team without Pogba in it. And when Pogba comes back, maybe we'll talk about this later. When Pogba does come back, he, you know, with, with McTominay and Fred in such good form and, and forming such a good partnership, I think we mentioned this on, on the WhatsApp group. Pogba can afford to be played further up the field. Suddenly, United have got this front four that can scare anyone. I mean, with the pace they've got, and now, and obviously the skill and the talent, and the fact that they're all pretty much in good form. I think they terrify any defence. They really do. No, I, I think you're bang on. I think the interesting thing in particular is that United have actually been able to adapt to creating chances and actually giving the likes of uh, Martial and Rashford some really, really good service in which to score goals without Pogba. That's the great thing about it. you know. I think, And you, you've got to give a lot of credit in particular in this last week to Fred and McTominay for that. You know, McTominay has come back into the side and done exactly what he has been capable of for the last several months, which is always good to see. You know, you're always going to get commitment. You're going to get him being able to break up play and pass it off quickly. And Fred is getting more and more involved in proceedings in particular. Yes, there is an element in the sense that this sort of performance, we've seen Fred succeed in this sort of setup before, right? You know, you think back to Paris earlier on this year as a classic example of where Fred can really excel on this United side. And he's done that again this week. So there's there's elements to me that I think I need to see him succeed in different types of games for me to properly say, yeah, I think we've actually really got a player here that we can consistently get something out of. But at the same time, you can't take anything away from him. And the lad was absolutely on fire last night. Yeah, he was great. And, it, and it's lovely to see as well, because, you know, he seems like a really... I mean, the thing you can never you can, you can can never take away from Fred or criticise Fred for is, is his work rate. Because even if he has a bad game, you can see that he's not. He's, well, I think I mentioned this last week. He doesn't hide at all. He's, nope. he, you know, he, he gives it everything he's got. And I think in the in the, the second half, because what I loved about yesterday's game, don't get me wrong, it was incredibly tense towards the end, and for most of the second half, in fact. <laughs> yeah, even at two goals, I felt sick the entire time. It was horrendous. I mean, but the thing, you know, it was really important that we got to half time without conceding. I think. Mm, mm. I mean, it sounds obvious, but it, it really was. And we knew then that the second half, City, with the quality they've got, were going to throw everything at us. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at us, and they did. But what I loved about it was the fact that the first half was this fantastic attacking display, and the second half was a really quite professional, authoritative, defensive display. And yes, we conceded a goal, and it was a good header. Um, you can maybe criticise the defence a little bit for that, but I think it was mainly just a, a good header. But we didn't panic, and we've seen so often this season... United concede, 
one goal and that's it. We just go to pieces for the next 10, 15 minutes. And that didn't happen against Spurs and it didn't happen yesterday. And that is a real positive going forward. We obviously need mm-hmm. to translate that into into, ga- into the, uh, the, the games against so-called Leicester opposition. But this is a fantastic step forward for, for the whole team, I think. And it'll give them such confidence to have, A, blown City away and Spurs in the, in the first half of games and then held on to their leads and won the games and seen the games out and, and you know in terms of defence I think Maguire and, and Wan-Bissaka in particular really impressed me yesterday mm, yeah. Well I mean moving a little bit further on from the actual result itself because we've got a little bit more of that second half to talk about there is a certain extent to say that we know that United are capable of these performances I'm not saying that I saw yesterday's result coming and the way that we ripped into City in that first half hour wasn't a certainty by any stretch of the imagination but we know that United are capable of something similar to this. We've seen this before, right? I think the real kicker now is that you think back to the two games that preceded the Spurs match, you know, Sheffield United and Villa. And we're going to keep harkening back to this because they're fantastic examples of what United are like when they don't get their approach correct. You know, they completely underestimated those performance, those uh, opponents and expected to stamp their authority on the game and they weren't good enough to do that and they paid the price for it you know two drop points in both of those games when you know there's an argument to say that we could easily have lost both or won both yeah and we came out with two points instead and I think Solskjaer and his coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for the way that United have gone at both Spurs and City who arguably you could say are more rounded starting 11s and possess more rounded squads than we currently do I think that Solskjaer and the team has actually done a great job of taking what we've got and making it fit that situation and getting a really strong performance, a really committed performance in particular as well. There is an element to say that for a derby, you know, how much geeing up do you really need to do? How much encouragement do you really need? How much scene setting do you need to do? But still, you know, they still turned up and provided an excellent performance. The key is now... We play, uh, you know, Alkmaar's in the midweek and um, Thursday in the Europa League. You know, you'd hope that we get a result out of there and win that match because that means we'll top the Europa League group. But, you know, not the end of the world if we don't. I'm looking forward to next Sunday and I really i am desperate to see, I'm really desperate to see us take these two results and these two performances and build on them. Because this is going to be key for what United can do this season is if we can take results and performances like that and just thread them together there's got to be some consistency shown and I think that it's been excellent to see us get these victories and I've enjoyed them so much and Solskjaer has definitely proven that he and the team have got the ball to be able to fight when necessary but it's against teams like Everton you know we'll see examples like this throughout the rest of the season we've just got to show up on a more consistent basis you can't pick and choose which games you show up to you know and that's what we saw against Villa that's what we saw against Sheffield United and then you've got to be able to keep that consistency going and we've got to be able to see those performances more regularly. You know, we can't just turn it off whenever we fancy it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I think there's there, there's obviously an issue with inconsistency and I think, you know, we all understand that it's a young team. I think there will be further setbacks this season and that's not me being negative, I think it's just me being realistic because, because of the, the average age of the team, um, we're bound to get a few more injuries, that's just how it goes. And we've got a very, very thin squad. And, and the, the, we've said for a while now, I think, that the first team, the United first team, is is capable of going up against you know pretty much anyone in the league and giving them a decent game. It's when you take a few of the key players out and having to throw in some of the second string players, that's, that's when problems are caused. 
and you wonder a little bit about because you know you look back on the on the season and some of the performances and I don't want to talk about these for too long obviously because we're on a bit of a high at the moment but those performances against Newcastle West Ham in the first half against Sheffield United and whatnot you know where have they come from how can we, how can we go from that to to this and you wonder whether it's maybe United at the moment with the with again with the the, the youth in the team and stuff maybe. We perform better as underdogs. Maybe it's the the, the adrenaline of, of these big games. Maybe it's the fact that, and this is a positive thing in a way, that it, the, the the fact that Solskjaer was under so much pressure. I mean, these performances show that the players are behind Solskjaer if nothing else. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, to to interject a little bit, Paul. One of the great things about yesterday was at full time. You know, Solskjaer embracing the players, De Gea in particular. You could see a lot of affection between player as a manager. That was really good to see. And I think, it, and I think it's you know obviously Solskjaer is a very you know seems like a very very nice genuine guy. But I think and he obviously loves the club and he, everything he does, he's doing for the club. It's not about his ego or you know his reputation or whatever. But I think from what I can see that the players are really sort of buying into his vision as well. If they weren't. You know, because we've seen a lot of these same players down tools for other managers, so that has to be a positive. But but you're right. I mean, we do need to find some some consistency because we've got a fantastic chance of of certainly finishing in the top four this season now. But if we can't turn up against some of the lesser teams, then that's going to be our downfall. I think some of our performances earlier in the season have pointed towards our capability of, of blowing teams away. This week is, is is the week that we've actually done it. We've actually put it into practice, and we need to build on that. It's so important that we build on that. Everton are going to be sure, and you know we need to bear in mind as well. And it's always been the way, even you know even these last six years when United have been struggling so much, every team raises the game against United, and as a United player, you need to be you need to be aware of that. So you, you can't have an off day. At the moment, we're on cloud nine. Everton are going to be obviously G'd up. They've got Duncan Ferguson, this new manager bounce. But I mean, they've been abysmal this season. We, you know, we really, we really should be winning that game next week. Um, I don't know. Have you heard anything about Pogba when, when he's back? Because I think that's really interesting as well. Mm, I wouldn't expect it before Watford on the twenty second. I don't think they chuck him back into the game against Everton. I mean, there's a chance because we do have Colchester on our Wednesday eighteenth in the League Cup quarter final. I don't know. I mean, last time we sort of rushed him back and played him in a game. I think did he get injured? In yeah, it was the, against uh, third round of the League Rochdale, Cup. Rochdale, wasn't it? Uh, Macclesfield, I think that one, perhaps. One of the two, either way, and an awful League Cup game, regardless. I don't know, man. I mean, I think it is down ultimately to Solskjaer on the coaching staff to make sure that the players are focused and approach each game correctly. You know, there is a certain level of responsibility that comes on the players' shoulders to be professional, regardless of who they're playing, and that you know we'll see a lot of that. There, there isn't going to be any hiding over these next few weeks. You know, thankfully, as you mentioned, there Everton, they were they were pretty decent but they didn't have to be that great to beat Chelsea on Saturday afternoon I watched that and there was obviously a bit of a new manager bounce with Duncan Ferguson coming in and you expected that anyway but Chelsea were rubbish at the back and that's given us a chance with these two defeats in the space of a week to you know close the gap to the top four to five points and yep it's a start so we'll have to just you know again I'm not getting too ahead of myself because history over the last five or six years has taught me that's a complete ridiculous notion when it comes to United anyway let's get into a bit more specifics about uh, Saturday afternoon's jaunty uh, trip down to the Etihad individual performances then so you mentioned Dan Ryan-Bissaka earlier on 
And he was voted man of the match by United fans. I mean, I think he pretty much deserves it, doesn't he? I mean, he, there was a little bit of an element of struggle within the first sort of, uh, sort of quarter of the game or so. But in particular, that second half, he was mercurial. I don't think anything really got past him. I mean, in particular as well, there were a couple of moments here and there. Victor Lindelof dawdling on the ball. And that, that's a good example of what Wan-Bissaka did so well. You know, Lindelof dawdled, Sterling completely ripped it off him. And Wan-Bissaka was clever enough and astute enough not to jump in and just waited for his moment just before he shot and just got enough of a touch and enough of a challenge in to make sure that the ball went wide. It's just little moments like that. And yes, there is an element to say that Wan-Bissaka does need to improve going forward because that's definitely a weak part of his game. But when you're defending that well, you can mitigate it to a certain extent. And when we're attacking that well... And against, against a player like Raheem Sterling, he's in the form of his life. He's, he's, he's got to be class at the moment. Sterling is one of the best players in Europe. I would say, and and he's going to give anyone problems. He's going to get past you every now and then. But Wan-Bissaka was, it was a really mature performance for someone so young, so new to to playing. I mean, it's his first Manchester derby, and you know the nerves and the and the pressure and everything must have been immense. Mm. Nobody was going up against a player like Sterling in the form of his life. It was just fantastic, and, and Harry Maguire, another new signing. For me, he showed that the, the sort of leadership qualities that I think we, we've quite a few United fans have been wondering where they've been really so far this season, and it, I think they really came out. But yeah, Wan Bissaka, you know, going forward, I think that's to get an area of game he, he can improve. But it's been so long since we've had a proper right back, so long mm. that it's just fantastic. So you, you just feel safe with him, in the, you know, with him on that side. I mean. I think we do make special mention of the guy on the opposite flank as well. You know, Luke Shaw has taken absolute pelters this season, and we've given him a fair amount of stick too. Last night, I thought he was ace. I was honestly great, yeah. thought that was one of his best performances in the United shirt. It, it wasn't absolutely perfect, don't get me wrong, but I didn't see much getting past him. And even elements when he was making sure to chase tackles down and make sure that we got the ball and kept things going, and now just the awareness and. You know, fitness is again is something that's really been a massive criticism of his. I thought he actually managed that game quite well, and considering how much stick he's had this season in particular, with Brandon Williams and Ashley Young supposedly ahead of him in the pecking order, to have come into the side and started that game and dealt with it pretty damn well, I would say that was nice to see, wasn't it? And and knowing as well, because he must he must know, or he must have known going into that game. Yeah, you know, this this could be it. You know, there were a lot of a lot of people, pundits, fans, saying. You know, this is this is last sort of last chance saloon really for Luke Shaw. Not necessarily just yesterday, but this season, these next few weeks and months, it's either make or break really for him potentially for his United career. You know, there has been so much criticism of him. But you're absolutely right; he was fantastic. And you know, against again a seriously quality side, he didn't put much of a foot wrong. And and we all know that he's got that quality in him. You know, we, I don't know. We, obviously, there was the injury, and then you wonder sometimes about his attitude because of the fitness and stuff, but. No, he, he, I, he, I can't criticise him for anything yesterday. He was absolutely brilliant. I mean, there wasn't. I don't think there was really a weak link on the pitch for United. It was a, a fantastic team performance. I mean, Andreas, bless him. I mean, actually, no, I tell a lie. I meant from, sorry, I meant Andre- from the starting lineup. <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. I mean, Pereira came on and yeah. didn't necessarily add a heck of a lot to things in an attacking sense. And he gave the ball away at one point and decided the best thing I can do here is pull a... a you know, pull something out of the I thought that was a slightly weird back. substitution actually and, and yeah. again I don't, I don't want to get too heavily involved in you know criticising Solskjaer 
I just I didn't really understand where it came from because we know what he's like. We know he can. He does give the ball away. He's a bit erratic. He doesn't offer much. He doesn't offer much for me. Full stop. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> one day he will. Yeah. But as soon as he came on, your heart sort of sinks a little bit, and you're thinking, oh, why, why has he done that? But yeah, I mean, I, what I meant was the first team. You know, I think for for the, for large parts of that match, for the most of that match, it was just a very very good team performance. Very professional. Well, you could see that they all got a lot of confidence from each other in terms of the way they're performing as well. And I think one of the issues that United have had is that, you know, we've spoken about the likes of Maguire or, you know, Lindelof or several other players. Rashford as well has been not necessarily guilty of this, but I've noticed it with him, is that often you'll see these players who are relied upon to provide United with something, be that stability or creativity or, you know, chances on goal or uh, shots on goal, whatever sometimes they always look to someone else to provide those sort of things they always look for someone else to initiate and provide that spark and I didn't see that yesterday I saw them all on the same page from the off you know and De Gea was in there as well excellent save from Ron Tree in the early in the second half and that could have changed the tide completely he looks back to him but his best doesn't he De Gea after a, he looks a, a confident season, again, he looks doesn't great. he? He looks aware of what's going on around him, which yeah. is fantastic, and that's exactly what you want from Dave, you know. And we're even passing it out from the back a lot it's, yesterday I know. as well, which it's is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we don't always get it right, but it's great to see, you know. And it's great to see that because obviously that's that that's something that, that's obviously come from the management, pass it out from the back, mm. and it's great. So it's great to see that the management. The coaching staff have got the faith in these players to tell them to do that, to ask them to do that. And then, like I say, it doesn't always go right, but more, more often than not, it is going pretty well. And um, we, just, we looked like a different team yesterday. It was, it was fantastic. Really, really great to see. And what I also like about this team, and I must, must just say, this is the first time I've actually liked United team in quite a, quite a while as well. And the, the fact that they always celebrate goals as a team is a little tiny detail, but it makes a big difference as a fan, I think, you know, to see that kind of togetherness, the fact that they're all in together, they, 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 they believe, like you said, they believe in each other, they trust each other, and they work for each other. It, just after the last sort of six years, it feels like a lot more like our United again, like how, how we remember United. Mm, I mean, I just want to point out, I mean, this is partly because I was looking at our Spotify stats for this year. One of our most uh, popular, well, the most popular episode for this year was We've Got Our United Back, which was post-PSG. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to say that until we actually see some proper substance to back it up. But I do see what you mean. This This group of players does seem a bit more like a unit than we've seen for the last couple of years. You know, there, there does seem to be a, a togetherness to it. And I think, you know, it's it's little things like Rashford talking up Fred on social media. And, you know, Fred's taking absolute pelters. And in some ways, it's not really his fault. You know, he didn't ask for a £50 million price tag, but he struggled to hit the heights of a player who would be deemed worth £50 million. And it's only really been the last few weeks consistently that we've actually seen him start to justify that. And it's taken playing consistently. It's taken given clear instructions and it's taken given a clear brief from Solskjaer in order to provide that. So to see him getting that sort of encouragement from someone like Rashford, little touches like that really make a difference. Yeah, they do. And, and yeah, I think you have to bear in mind with Fred as well. He, when he joined the club, it was a real mess, wasn't it? I mean, Mourinho was it was sort of setting fire to everything. And, you know, when Mourinho hits that sort of pissed off stage, uh, there was no real order to things. Listen, I've been guilty of, of writing Fred off myself, but there's a player in there, you know? He's, he's not... No one's saying... No one's saying that every single player on the on the pitch is world class, but then 
under Fergie, when we, we had our most successful teams, not every single player on the on the pitch was world class. You have your world class players mm. who provide the spark, the creativity, the goals, and then you have your more your other players who your grafters, who, your grafters who had the work rate and the dirty work and and the clearing up. And when things go wrong with the creative players, you know you, they're there to to mop it all up. And you need that. You need that balance. You can't just fill your team full of a load of Ronaldo's. It would be insane. It would be probably great to watch a little, you know. But you know, you know what I mean. So it's great to see Fred McTominay, players like that, getting getting some deserved, I think, credit at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think that in particular with United, there'll always be a soft spot for a grafter in this. Yeah, at this club, absolutely. And I think it's nice that McTominay gets a lot of plaudits and is getting a lot of recognition because he has come through the academy. But it's good to see Fred getting a little bit of recognition as well, because I mean. I, I, Again, you know, I consider myself as guilty of being heavily critical of him and heavily critical of this United side as well. You know, I mean, after that, um, I mean, I wasn't on the first half of the pod after you guys did the Villa chat last week. But, you know, we all spoke about it in the aftermath of that game. You know, it was a crap result and it was a pretty crap performance. And I was generally of the persuasion that, you know, Solskjaer was running out of time. And whilst... Obviously, I looks a bit stupid in the aftermath of being able to beat Spurs and City. I do hold myself as accountable for being part of the reactionary element of our fan base in that sense. Obviously, I wasn't, you know, giving Solskjaer an absolute ton of abuse on social media no. because that's just not really who I am. But at the same time, you know, after a bad result, there is that very visceral and very quick element where you because we do have our Twitter platform and everything and because we want to talk about it and because this stuff does upset us. Yes, there is an element to say that we understand why people react so viscerally and so emotionally to things. And it, to a certain extent, whilst it wasn't personal against Solskjaer as a person and as a former United player, the, the justification was that we just weren't seeing what we were expecting to see and we were getting crap results and crap performances. Fast forward to a week later and here we are having beaten two really good teams with two really good performances. Again, we said it before early on this evening. It's all just a case of keeping that going because you know it's been great to watch this last week. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I love watching Solskjaer get this United side to do something that they clearly enjoy doing. You know, we mentioned it earlier on. They clearly like him and they like playing for him. Yeah, and he said after the uh, Spurs match, Solskjaer. And I haven't got the exact quote in front of me, but he basically said it was great to see the players going out there and enjoying themselves because at the end of the day. They're going out there. There's seventy-three thousand people out there who want them to do well. So in a way, yeah, there's obviously pressure, but but in a way, that's all we want. You know, we just want them to 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 express themselves. And this is what he was saying, by the way. And now they they seem to finally. I don't know if it's you're always reluctant with United because of the last sort of six years or so to get ahead of yourself and to say, oh, this is a corner turned. But it does feel like something's clicked. You know, it does. It and I could I could look back on this and, and look like a right idiot but I like what Solskjaer's doing I really do I have done throughout the season there have been some worrying worrying performances but I don't think at any point it's looked like these players aren't playing for the manager and, and that has to say something the club don't seem I mean even when the pressure was really on after that Villa game the, all the noises coming out of the club itself was no this is you know there's a vision there's a plan we want to stick with it. We want to stick with Ole. We want to see it through. And uh, you know, some of, I think some of the abuse that Solskjaer gets on social media is, is ridiculous. Like, I, to be honest with you, I just sort of ignore that. But it's perfectly legitimate to have to criticise the team, to ask questions, to wonder whether it's 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 all going in the right direction. 
But in terms of abuse, I mean, what's the point? It's just, it's insane. Well, I guess, you know, that leads us on nicely to the other element of yesterday that was uh, particularly unsavory, which was that bloke right at the bottom of uh, City's bottom row with that disgusting monkey exclamation. That was horrific. Yeah, you know, horrendous. I, I mean, I know that there's an element when you're at a football match that there is a sort of a pack mentality and sort of a safety in numbers and a herd mentality going on there. But, I mean, like number one, obviously that's a disgusting thing to do in any context, regardless of whether you're at a football match. Number two, how thick do you have to be to do that in one of the biggest televised games of a football season and not ex- and try to think you're going to get away with it. I mean, it was ridiculous. And just prior to that as well, Fred and, McTom- uh, Fred and Lingard, sorry it was, both getting stuff chucked at each other. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember uh, when we played City in the Capital One Cup semi-final second leg and Craig Bellamy was getting all sorts of shit chucked at him. Yeah. It, it's, it's unsavory on both sides. You know, United aren't, are, you know, United fans are no angels in that sort of instances, but it was very unsavory stuff. Every night. club's got got elements. Well, as Paul Ansorge from the No Question About That pod actually pointed out, you know, it was only there wasn't that long ago that a United fan got banned for life for racially abusing Trent Alexander-Arnold. So there's no moral high ground to be had here at all. It doesn't belong in society. It doesn't belong in. It doesn't belong in, in football stadiums. I mean, the guy's going to get what's coming to him. He's already. I think the police have already got involved. I think City dealt with it. Well, you know, mm, very immediate statement. So fair play to them for that. It's, what's the, it just it, it's disgusting. There are no real words. I mean, it's just it's horrific. You never want to see that uh, anywhere for any team, any player. You know, and, and when you think Raheem Sterling, who's spoken out and and spoken so eloquently and brilliantly and impressively about this sort of thing, and he's playing for that team, and then to do that to what? You know, come on, where's this guy coming mm. from? He, just throw, throw throw away the key sort of thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and then Gary Neville with uh, a, a very cutting and eloquent attack on Boris Johnson and immigration, which was really interesting to see. Yeah, you don't expect it, do you? I'm not suggesting he's going to suddenly come out and start voting Corbyn, but it was still nice to see regardless. You don't expect to see it on, on, on you know, from any football pundit, and maybe, other than maybe Gary Lineker, but even he, you don't expect to see it on TV. So I was surprised, but pleasantly surprised think you know there should be more of that people should be allowed to speak out about stuff like that because it's disgusting and it doesn't belong in our society we should have moved on from this years ago and we haven't Absolutely. and it's getting worse so yeah fair play to gary uh i guess the only things to discuss now just to sort of finish things off the only things that could really have gotten better about that performance i mean the, the obvious one uh is the fact that we let uh, we sort of switched off a little bit which was i mean i guess that was that was always going to be difficult to keep concentration for the best part yeah. of an hour because after that second goal, United really were just, they were relying on the very, very sporadic counter-attacks, really, weren't they, at that point? Yeah. It was just the the pressure that City were exacting on United. It was quite relentless, was just wasn't it? just unwavering. Yeah, yeah, relentless is a fantastic word for it. And I guess it was, uh, especially as we were hard lurtling towards the end of the game, watching us concede wasn't too much of a surprise. And it came from that Otamendi header. I think you're absolutely right about the concentration. It did seem that that was the, sort of the main reason. That I mean, it was. I do think it was a good header, and you know, he seriously meant it, didn't he? It was very aggressive, um, very strong. But I think I think we probably underestimate sometimes not only the physical exertion that that these these matches involve, but the mental sort of nervous energy that must be involved for that long. Um, and when that goal went in, I can't remember, there was about five minutes left or something. 
It was 85 minutes. 85 five minutes, minutes and then obviously there was the five minutes. When the board goes up and it's five minutes injury time, you're thinking, oh, bloody hell, here we go. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you can, can criticise the, the players that much for, for that for conceding that goal. What what you then have to applaud them for is the way they, they dealt with it, the way they reacted to, to conceding that goal. They didn't panic. They didn't lose their heads. They just sort of got on with it, and it was like they said, "Right, well, we conceded, but we're still winning. We, you know, we just need to to keep it calm um, and see this through." And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, switched back on and yeah. got the job done, which is great to see. I mean, the only other thing, I guess, as a criticism of that performance, and you know, this is really splitting hairs at this point. Good God, we really should have killed that game off in we that should. first half hour or so. We I should. Mean, the amount of good chances that we had. Mm. You know, I, I don't. I can't remember the last time a team ripped City up like that. It was that. unbelievable, you know, I mean, yeah. It was fantastic, you know. I mean, we could have easily scored three or four in that in those opening exchanges. And they just went to pieces, didn't they? They, they looked all over the show for, you know, 20 minutes or so. They, they, they really did. That's the thing. We do need to be more clinical. We've been saying this all season. You know, earlier in the season, we were getting chances. You know when we went through that real dry spell where we just couldn't score? Or yeah. we could only score one goal a game, whatever. We were still creating quite a lot of chances in, in a few of those games. We do need to be more clinical, and I don't know if it's if if it's again just youth or just bad luck, or I mean, yeah, a couple of good saves yesterday as well from 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 Edison. I, I don't know. I think it's just examples like Dan James, for instance. You know, the yeah. more he plays, the better he'll get at picking his moments and picking his spots. And I think the more times he gets into those positions, the more goals we're going to see. You know, he's not necessarily he's had a bit of a dry spell to be honest, but at the same time, he's still playing that well and providing so much for the players around him. You wouldn't necessarily say that he's stinking out the joint or anything like that. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine playing against Dan James? It must be an absolute nightmare, mustn't it? God, I'd be absolutely knackered. <laughs> just big, yeah, you'd be terrified of him. He's just so, I, I, I mean, I keep saying it every week, but every time I'm, I'm watching him, I'm turning to my son and my dad or whoever, and just I cannot believe how fast this guy is. And yeah. it, and it's the the speed at which he sort of sets off. He can be stood still, and then suddenly he's you know. 20 yards down the pitch blinking you miss it it's unbelievable to watch I, I mean there's not really much more to discuss on that one I guess is there Paul I think what the basic point was really good performance somewhat surprising performance but very very encouraging and good even if it has sort of gifted Liverpool the league but yeah league schmeeg <laughs> yeah well I just you know we always want United to win and, uh, and 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 for them to win in style and the kind of style that they won in yesterday and against Spurs on, on last week Wow, fantastic. Let's just hope it continues. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, I guess the only other thing to mention as well, uh, Chris Smalling potentially coming back into the fold after this year's loan. I mean, another very interesting... Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, another interesting, um, unfortunate racism story with Coriola de Sport, I think it was, uh, with that ridiculous headline uh, with Lukaku and uh, Smalling on the front. Uh, it was good to hear that uh, Solskjaer had been in touch with both players, despite the fact that one of us doesn't, one of them doesn't actually play for us anymore. And uh, yeah, Smalling coming back. I mean, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, I think he's. He, I mean, Roma. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a real fight to keep hold of him because it sounds will. like he's yeah. become. He's, he's become pretty integral to their approach. But yeah, he's a very experienced player, Smalling. Um, I, I think you have to respect the fact that he he wasn't willing to sit on the bench um, as sort of fourth, fifth choice centre back. He wanted to go out and play. It's you know it's a, it's a bold and brave move to go abroad. I like I've always liked Chris Smalling. Daniel Harris always says he, he's probably better than any defender we've got in a, in a sort of rear guard action. You know, towards the end of a match like yesterday when we're getting pelted, he's a good man to have around. I'd take him back. I really would. But but then you'd take anyone back. I'd say I just yeah. The mood I'm in, yeah. 
Bring them all back. Yeah, you know what? Bring him all back. Bring back Tyler Blackett. <laughs> you know, bring back Paddy McNair. Bring Paddy McNair. Bring him all back. I've always had a soft reunion. spot for that lad. Mate, let, let's kill this off before we start getting completely up our asses. Absolute <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, cheers, Ewan. Cheers, Paul. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you've had a fantastic time and we hope you have a great week. What a great time to be enjoying watching Manchester United. And don't forget, if you want to continue on the good time, you can always talk to us on Twitter. You can get Paul at PaulGunning1. You can get Richard at Rich Red Voices. You can get me at, at Ewan Lennox. And you can get the pod at Red Voices MUSC, our blog at redvoices.net, and the pod itself on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. Have yourselves a great week. We'll be back after Everton. Bye. 